Okay, so welcome back to Me, My Thoughts, and I. I am here with Yaz. Hello, hello. Welcome back. We are back, and we have a very fun, instead of interesting this time, a very fun and um, highly requested episode because several people have requested that we talk about this because they know that we have a lot of experience with it. Um, So before we get into our topic, I'm going to share a little story from this week as our icebreaker. Um, As we all know, I am obsessed with Taylor Swift, and I am trying to get Taylor Swift tickets, and I am trying hard. I watch people live stream her concert every single weekend. Like, I'm a psychopath. Every weekend I watch her live stream for as long as I can possibly watch for, but I always try to watch the surprise songs on the live stream. Um, And every... Every day I'm looking at tickets. I'm like, could I go to Pittsburgh? Could I go to Detroit? Like, could I go to Chicago this weekend? Um, And if I get tickets, I will be going. But the other day, I have two specific situations yesterday. Yesterday, I woke up at 3.30 in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I'll just check Taylor Swift tickets. Like, what do I have to lose? Whatever. Um, And I accidentally clicked Pittsburgh and it brought me to the seat map, which means like, Basically, it brought me right in to buy tickets. And there were two tickets available for $49. So it brought me into like face value tickets randomly. I didn't have to wait in a queue. Nothing happened. And I was like, this can't be right. Like this must must be a glitch because I was also looking at other events. Like it was like Taylor Swift dance party and stuff like that. So I was like, I want to make sure that this is legit. And sure enough, I was in Pittsburgh and I could have got two tickets to Pittsburgh for face value. And I fucked up and I... I refreshed the page and it was gone and I couldn't get back to it. Oh no. It was a terrible feeling, like an absolute heartbreak moment. And then later that day, as I was at work, my coworker and friend had said, um, oh, there's a new drop for Chicago this weekend. Like Ticketmaster dropped a bunch of tickets. So we jumped in the queue um, and we both it both said 2000 plus for us. And then all of a sudden, her screen flashed um it like refreshed and then it brought her to a screen that said sorry no tickets available and we know from watching on tiktok that's when you want to refresh so we refreshed the page and it brought us to buy tickets and there were so many tickets available but she was scrolling and we took too long to pick tickets when i think you're just supposed to like buy as many tickets as you can like as soon like it doesn't matter what ticket it is you just have to buy it because the bots and like the other people will beat you out and sure enough they beat us out so we were so close to getting taylor swift tickets this weekend and we fucked up and i'm not gonna lie i was in a sour mood for the rest of the night i was like this ruined my entire day i had two situations where i thought i was going to taylor swift and both failed me I feel like that's just hard because you're like, it's not even like, you know, you're wishing that you could go. You were so close. Like you were right there. Face value, 49 bucks. Like that's so good for tickets. And then like the money was just taken away super, super fast. So that's pretty tough, especially like since you, I know, are a huge Swifty fan. So like that's probably a dream for you to go see her, you know, live in concert too. Yeah, especially this concert. Like I need to go. So if anybody wants to make a Ticketmaster account and every Thursday and Friday sit in a queue for a few hours. If you'd like to do that for me, 
I would really appreciate that because we had like three people in the queue yesterday at the same time as us trying to get us tickets. Um, because the more accounts that you have and the more tabs that you have open, the more chance you have at getting a ticket. Um, and we only had like, I just had my account. So, and then it thought I was a bot because I was refreshing the page too much. And so it like banned my account for a bit. So that sucks. I'm not a bot. I'm just a dedicated Swifty trying to get tickets and trying to beat out the fucking bots who are trying to resell the tickets for like three grand. Mm-hmm. Oh so, my God. <laughs> there's that. I will be trying again next weekend because Detroit is much closer than Chicago. I mean, I guess it's like the same distance, but um, I would have went to Chicago this weekend. I would have called in sick today and I would have went to Chicago today if we got those tickets because it would have been, it would have been for tomorrow night. So yeah. Um, Just what is the furthest that you would travel? Like if you were to get tickets, you know, I would go anywhere. anywhere. I would go anywhere. So you would fly. Like if you, let's say, got it I don't know, like in a different country, you would hop on a plane and then fly and go see T-Swift. Maybe not a different country because if she announces international dates, she probably will announce a Canada tour. Um, Right now, she's just in the States. Okay. So I would go anywhere in the States. Like if I could find a decently priced ticket, I would literally drive to you, Yaz, get you to drive me to the airport and then fly anywhere. I would fly anywhere, almost anywhere, because you can fly from Toronto, like very cheap. Um, and I would do that. hundred percent. I would do that. I was thinking about going to like Seattle. Like I will go anywhere. I'm watching tickets for all of the dates, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know what? We're going to manifest you getting tickets. And I can yes. manifest it'll happen eventually. Um, I think so. Because yesterday I was like, it's going to happen. We're going to get past the queue. And we're going to, you know, we're going to get in. It's going to happen. And then sure enough, it did. So I think that if you just wish for it enough, it will happen. And I'm convinced that if I don't get USA tickets, I will get Canada tickets because I'm confident that she's going to release Canadian dates. I just don't know, like, when. And I'm just not sure if, um, like, I'll be able to get tickets to those because there's so many Canadian Swifties that also want tickets. So I don't know. The luck of the draw, I guess. For sure. Anyways, so we can get into our topic today, and basically what we're going to be talking about today is toxic people, which you know we love to talk about toxic people on this podcast, and we're also going to talk about setting boundaries, but like I don't want to, I don't know, I don't know, we don't have an outline again today, so we'll see where the wind blows us, but um, those are the two topics that we're going to try and focus on today. And then we'll, you know what, we'll think of a title afterwards. So, because I don't know, we don't have an outline. We don't have a description. We're fucking winging it again. But last time when we winged it, winged it, wung it, winged it. I don't know. Um, when we were winging it. Um, <laughs> I feel like people sound wrong, but one of them has to be right. I know one of them has to be right. When we were winging it, people were like, that was a very good episode and lots of people said we could not even tell that you didn't have an outline. So maybe that's just what we have to do. We just have to talk. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you folks are listening, if anyone thinks of a good title, feel free to message us. You know, you might have a good title in mind. So definitely let us know. Well, by the time they hear this, we will have a title. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's fair. Um, yeah. And I think just like setting boundaries 
with everybody, but I think focusing a little bit more on toxic people because we both have a lot of experience with toxic people. I myself have been like very toxic at times in my life. So I understand why people are toxic. Um, and Yaz and I were actually just having a really good conversation this morning about a situation that I had recently where someone who was toxic to me, like gave me this like very genuine heartfelt apology recently. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I felt like very good about it because you know, when like you're so confident in yourself that, you know, other people's shitty behavior has nothing to do with you. Like, and then it feels so good when they come to you and they're like, I am so sorry for the way that I treated you. And because you didn't let it affect your entire life and like get too upset about it because you know your self-worth, it feels good when they apologize. Like, there's nothing I hate more than when I don't feel good about myself and someone actually hurts my feelings and then I'm waiting for an apology. But in this situation, I was, I was hurt and I was kind of sad. But at the same time, I was like, it is what it is. Like, I know that this person, you know, likes to ghost people and I know that this person runs from connection and they're like not good at maintaining like deep connections with people. So I was kind of expecting it. Um, but when I saw this person and they apologized to me, it felt good instead of like, I don't know what it would feel like if I was actually really that upset about it, but um, I probably would have been angry or I probably would have reacted poorly when I saw this person or whatever. So it's just nice when you have a lot of like security in yourself and you can just say like, you know what? I forgive you. Like I forgave you a long time ago. I'm not upset about it. And I think that kind of like gives you a little bit of power as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's like a huge difference to looking at the type of toxicity. So there's, like you said, there's those people who are toxic, not in a malicious way, but they're more so like almost toxic to themselves, or mm -hmm. like they self sabotage. So like, like you said, that person ghosted you, that's basically like self sabotaging for themselves, they might not want to get close to people, maybe something happened in their past, you know, that it has affected them to act in certain ways. But there's also those types of toxic people, you know, who are very much malicious, who will do things on purpose, who will hurt you, who will try, you know, everything in their power to really take you down and put you down. But it's for a very malicious way. Like, it's very negative. They want to do this to hurt you. They want to also have control over you. So I think when we're talking about this episode, it's also very important to understand, you know, the different types of toxicity, because I think you know, when someone's toxic in the sense where they don't necessarily mean it, where it's very, in terms of maybe it's self-sabotage for them and that causes them to be toxic, I think there's a little bit of room, you know, for that person to grow more. Um, and there's a little bit of room to also have some patience with that person too, because like I said, you know, they're not doing it in a malicious way. They're just maybe finding not the healthiest ways and best ways to cope. Whereas when someone does something in a malicious way, they're really out there to hurt you. And I think to me personally, I don't know if you're the same, Jess, but to me, intent is a huge thing. For me, um, if someone happens to make a mistake or a few mistakes, I'm a pretty forgiving person. And, you know, I'll give a lot of chances. I'm a very firm believer to help people grow and to watch people grow. But with that being said, there also needs to be change. And um, if I'm going to keep forgiving someone and giving someone chances, I also need to see that person grow and also take those steps into being like a better version of themselves too. Definitely. And there's also like, 
um, like people being toxic in a relationship is also different than people being toxic in like a friendship. So that is completely different. And I don't know if we're going to focus on anything specifically, but I think that like, I don't think you should be dating somebody that's toxic whatsoever. So maybe we focus more on like friendship toxicity, family toxicity. Um, Because honestly, if your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner is treating you like shit and they're being toxic towards you, dump them. Mm -hmm. Like literally, there is no other solution other than break up with them because like those people just don't get better. And maybe they do get better, but why do you want to sit there and take that behavior? So you know what? We're not even going to focus on that right now because the boundary should be that you should be not be with them if they're treating you like that. So um, I think that like even the most toxic people and even like myself when I was extremely toxic, and when I say toxic, I mean like I treated people closest to me like absolute shit. Like I did not care about people's feelings like in relationships and friendships and you know everything I I used to just not care about people's feelings and so even my friends my partners like whoever it doesn't matter like people I know that there's people listening who knew me in that phase of my life and they I'm sure could tell you maybe we'll have someone on um that knew me in high school or knew me in college um maybe we'll have my ex-husband on the podcast (laughs) wouldn't that be a uh wouldn't that be a shocker um but like they could really tell you how toxic I honestly was but even at my most toxic point um it was all from insecurity and it was never about other people no matter how many times I tried to make you feel like it was your fault it was never your fault so it was always like things that happened to me and ways that I was coping with my own trauma and my own insecurity that made me treat people like shit. And I'm not saying it's okay. Like you can't treat people like shit and expect them to stick around. Um, But I think that like that experience for me gives me a lot more empathy towards people who are toxic. Like this person I'm talking about today. I know that this person is like very not necessarily toxic, but they have some trauma that they need to work through. And that's why I didn't get overly upset when they ghosted me for like the fifth time. Um, it just is what it is. And I can see that like, you know, this person is a genuine good person. They just have some things that they need to work out. But I also have had friends where um, like we, we've we talked about in previous episodes where they just treat you like shit. Like they don't invite you to things. They talk bad about you behind your back. They tell you to your face. They won't listen to your podcast. Like just nasty toxic people like that and I think it's really hard to set boundaries with those people because um if I'm being honest most of the time when you set boundaries with those people the relationship ends in my experience and maybe I'm just not good at setting boundaries but that's kind of what my experience has been I don't know about you Yaz but yeah I don't think it's that you're bad at setting boundaries because I've also experienced the same thing where you try to express yourself and not in like a pointing finger way, but you're just genuinely trying to have like a calm conversation of saying like, these are my feelings, not necessarily saying like, you did this, but they don't receive it in a good way. Like they don't receive it in a constructive, positive way. So I don't think it's at all you being bad at setting setting boundaries. I think just some people don't receive boundaries very well. And then in that case, you know, that's where you see both parties kind of ending the friendship which is also okay because you also have to think about yourself and say, you know what, do I really want to be friends with someone who can't respect boundaries? Do I really want to be friends with, you know, someone who can't also meet my needs 
everyone has needs and that's okay, but you kind of have to figure out and tweak, like, you know, who's willing to give my needs and am I willing to give that person's needs in return? Um, if so, that's great. If not, then you just have to learn to let it go. And I think like, even with myself, that is probably, or has been, I've been working on it, but that's probably been one of my biggest toxic traits. It's not necessarily treating people poorly, but it's just really not learning to let go in certain situations. Um, just because in regards to how I treat friends, I'm very much someone who will do acts of service. I give like a lot of praise. I give like a lot of compliments. I'm very much like I will show a lot of love up front. However, for me, like I'm very much the same where I kind of need like a lot of love in return uh, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to family, when it comes to people. Um, I do put in a lot of effort, but there comes kind of that point where like I also need to see like effort in return. And I think like a few years back, obviously I've grown and I've learned to let go. But if you were to ask me this like a few years back, um, I would feel really shitty whenever people didn't give that same effort back. And that can be really toxic even to yourself. Like to yourself, that's kind of self-sabotage. Um, just because, you know, you can't expect everyone to give that same kind of effort. That's not everyone's needs, even though that might be mine. And I think that's one thing that was super toxic about myself that I really recognized. And I am still working on it. I still have my moments. But for the most part, you know, I've just learned to let go. You know, if you give effort to someone and they're not giving it back, let go because they're not going to give it at the end of the day and you shouldn't be forcing someone to you know give something that they don't want to but with that being said you know you have that choice do I want to keep putting in that effort or do I want to let go too but I think it is super important also like you had mentioned and acknowledged Jess to also recognize when you're self-sabotaging too and when you're also kind of being toxic as well yeah honestly that's the hardest part because I've definitely been at points in my life where I thought I was like being mature and I really wasn't like I thought um, I thought that I was expressing my boundaries, but I was really just kind of being toxic and like blaming things on everybody else because I couldn't like I couldn't accept responsibility for my own behavior. But I also have other situations like I'll talk about one situation in particular because I feel pretty confident about this situation um and this is an example of like when you're trying to set a boundary um and people like don't want to respect your boundaries or when you try and express your feelings to somebody and they respond like this this is kind of a red flag um and i know what you did like red flags in friendship so this is kind of like um a little like segue from that that episode um but i had this friend where we were friends we've been friends for a very long time we're not friends anymore um and i honestly don't know if they listen to this podcast they told me that they wouldn't listen to this podcast so i'm assuming that they don't listen to it but either way um basically in 2020 i i don't know how to explain the situation so i was married obviously and then i jumped from that relationship right into another relationship a very toxic very terrible relationship and right after that after that relationship ended i had never really been with anybody like i had a couple boyfriends in high school and like whatever but nothing really serious and then i got married and i was with that person for like five years and then i jumped into another relationship for a year right so 
I had no experience with dating. I had no experience with sex. At that point, I was like, I can't have sex with anybody I'm not in a relationship with. Like, I was very anxious about it because I had only been with like two or three people at that time. So um, it really made me anxious. And so I was just starting to date virtually for the first time ever as an adult, um, kind of naturally, I guess, or I was on the dating apps and I was doing whatever, going on dates with people for the first time ever. And it was scary because even when I jumped into that relationship, like we didn't really go on dates because I had just gotten out of like a marriage. So it was just like a weird situation. And I regret it, like wholeheartedly regret that situation. I wish that I just took time to recognize my own issues at that time because I didn't. I just kind of distracted myself. But either way, um, I was just starting to date for the first time ever and I was really anxious about it. And I remember, and I think that this is just like, you probably have had this experience too, Yaz, and I feel like we've talked about it. But um, at that time, I found it really difficult to go on dates with people because I felt like there was an expectation that I had to go home with them. Um, and I had to sleep with them or if I was talking to them for like a few weeks, I felt obligated to sleep with them and I didn't. And then if I didn't, I found that more often than not, they would just stop talking to me. And yeah, I had pretty strict boundaries with myself at that time because I just wasn't in a place where I was comfortable, like with myself sexually. So I just didn't, I wasn't interested in having sex. I was interested in like meeting people, going on dates and like talking and having like little relationship, casual relationships with people because I had no experience with it. Um, But it really upset me when I had, I kept getting ghosted by people. And there's one person in particular that we were talking about this morning, Yaz, where I didn't have sex with this person and we were talking for like maybe a month and then they ghosted me and that was actually painful and I was very sad about it. But um, I remember telling this friend, like, I keep getting ghosted and these men want to sleep with me and I feel like that's all that they want. Like some men on Tinder and I understand Tinder is like the hookup app, but I didn't know that at the time and I just was like trying to like meet people. Right. And so I remember saying, like, I feel like when they're on Tinder, they're automatically just like trying to sleep with you. And so you go on dates thinking like they genuinely want to go on a date with you. And then they start sending you dick pics and then they start like sexting you out of nowhere. And then I, that turns me off because I'm looking for like a genuine connection. Right. Um, and this person literally said to me, I think you need to lower your expectations for men. They're not going to want to date you unless you have sex with them. So why don't you just have sex with them? Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, oh. not say that. Yeah, literally that? almost word for word. That's what she said. I can't remember specifically, but that's pretty much around. Like I remember like it was yesterday and it was three years ago. Wow. That's, and I, that's really sad. Cause it's honestly, it's, I feel like people look for connection and yeah, like obviously Tinder, everyone knows like Tinder is like quote unquote the hookup app, but there are people that go on it for genuine connection too. And that's kind of shitty to say, like lower your standards, like, excuse me, no thanks. Like I will not settle and lower my standards. Like that's such a crappy comment. I know. And at the end of the day, if I don't want to sleep with you, I don't have to sleep with you. So another girl telling me that I need to sleep with men in order for them to like me. And you know what? After like a lot of thinking about it, I truly, I don't know if that's what she meant. I think that she meant something different, like maybe around this, along the same lines, 
but a little bit different. Like, I don't know if she like meant me meant for me to take it that strongly, but either way, she was trying to say like men are different than you. So you need to go out and kind of explore your sexuality and have sex with people because that's how you're going to find the person that is right for you, which I completely disagree with, honestly. And I think that's more along the lines of like, what she meant but I remember going home and I took a couple days to think about it because it actually really upset me because I'm like you're supposed to be somebody that supports me you know everything that I've been through and you know that I'm like very anxious about being like in the dating scene again so for you to say something that shitty to me like that felt terrible so I took a couple days to think about it and I'm like you know what I do think that I need to say something to her so I remember I said something to her and I can't I probably have the screenshot somewhere where I basically literally just said like you know, I think that I took it a little bit the wrong way, but it kind of upset me when you told me that I needed to lower my expectations for men because I don't feel like I need to sleep with them for them to like me. Like if I don't want to have sex with them, I don't have to. And like kind of the way that you said that to me kind of made me feel like you were saying I need to sleep with them. And I just didn't really like that. And that's literally all that I said. And she sent me like the longest paragraph saying like, um, I feel so invalidated by you. Like, I can't believe you would, um, you would say that I said that or that I meant that. And like, it was this whole thing. And then she was like, well, we can't be friends anymore. We were never meant to be friends. Like all of these really mean things. And then we weren't like, we weren't friends for years. And then we rekindled the relationship. And that was a, bad move because now we're again not friends um but yeah that's just kind of like an example of somebody who cannot handle confrontation or like accept your boundaries so I had set a boundary saying like hey I just need a little bit more support like this is how I'm feeling I didn't really like this comment like I just would appreciate in the future if like you could be a little bit more respectful to kind of like my sensitivity to dating because like it just makes me anxious. And she responded with, we're not meant to be friends. That's kind of a red flag. Did you two ever, when you rekindled your friendship, did you two ever kind of like confront that situation again? Or no. was it kind of just like put to bed? Not we never discussed it again. And I think that I, so I reached out to her, I think when I was like extremely lonely and I kind of was thinking like, you know what, maybe I overreacted. And that's like gaslighting 101. And when people gaslight you, that's what they want you to think. Maybe I overreacted. Maybe I was the problem. And toxic people will do that to you. Like, there's no way that this person can accept responsibility. And that makes me really sad because I feel like there have been several situations where I feel like I've communicated my feelings and this person has responded very poorly. So um, that makes me sad like you should be able to just hear your friends opinions and their feelings and kind of validate them even if you disagree with them but either way we never spoke about it and we probably should have because I just kind of thought like oh I must have been the problem because at that time like when we rekindled the friendship I did really think that I was the problem so now I know that I'm not the problem I mean sometimes I'm the problem but not usually yeah I think it could definitely be like hurtful and especially when you talked about, you know, like someone not acknowledging, if anything, that like pisses me off the most. Nothing pisses me off more than people who will not acknowledge, you know, when they said or did something wrong. For me, like I said, I'm a firm believer of giving people not only second chances, but like that will give you like hundreds of chances. I'm like a pretty easygoing person as long as you're able to, one, admit your mistake, like acknowledge what you did. 
And then also too, I have to see change. So if, you know, you acknowledge, but you keep doing it over and over again, I will set boundaries. Um, Mm -hmm. However, you know, if you acknowledge and then you also set, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And if I see that you're a work in progress, that's great. Like I'll, I'll be a little bit more lenient with you. I understand mistakes are made, but nothing, honestly, like it's, the thing that pisses me off the most is just like people that will gaslight you that will just like blame everything on you rather than taking that time to put themselves in your shoes and just validate you too. And I've had probably the most experience in terms of setting boundaries in this area. Um, I can think specifically of one person. I won't go like too much into detail as to who they are, but just like I've told you about this situation um, where it's someone, I'll say that I grew up alongside of them. I don't want to get too specific, but we did grow up alongside each other. That can really be, you know, like any family friend that could be like anyone that I grew up alongside. Um, and this person has been very toxic for a very long time. Um, ever since, you know, I've known them, they've always if things haven't been going their way, if I'm not doing what they want me to do, they do have a very controlling personality. And again, like, I don't know what happened, you know, in their childhood for them to be that way. So they have a very compulsive and impulsive personality where they feel like they need absolute control. And if things aren't going exactly their way, they will lash out at people. So they're also very impulsive in the sense where they will say like any nasty name, they will call you any nasty word in the book in the moment if they are upset with you they don't take that time to to think so um i had had a few years of experiences with this person doing that kind of stuff to me where you know they would blackmail me if we ever got into a fight they would blackmail me or they would get mad at me you know if things weren't like exactly their way so for example you know if i was busy doing something and if i couldn't pick them up at a specific location or a specific time because I wasn't able to accommodate that they lashed out and called me like every name in the book. And there's only so many times that you can let someone treat you like that, where you really start to have to stand your ground. And I think I used to have trouble with that because again, it's like you said, it's really hard to not think that it's your fault, especially when they're very like emotionally controlling, when they're very like verbally abusive, you start to second guess yourself and be like, am I the problem? Like, what did I do? Should I have been like more accommodating? Should I, you know, have done this? Should I've done X, Y, and Z? But there comes a time where you really have to stand your ground and think like, is this person healthy for me? Yes, I've known them for a long time. But um, again, sometimes you just have to learn to set those boundaries and let go until they can mature and they can grow as a person too. So um, kind of the steps that I took with this individual is that Um, after, I think it was like a month or two ago, they had done that thing again where they lashed out because something wasn't accommodating them. Um, So then I finally spoke up and I said, you know, like what you're saying to me is not okay. So then I basically set the boundary and I said, like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't, you know, want to see you like until things are resolved, until we have that space to talk things through. And um, you need to also acknowledge what you're saying is wrong too, right? I understand if you want to express feelings, but at the same time, like there's a way to go about doing that. You can't just go around like lashing out at people. 
Anyway, long story short, we didn't talk for a few months. And Jess, I'm not sure if I updated you actually on the situation, but this individual ended up actually reaching out to me in person. And so uh, we were both in the same city. We were both at this event that we were, you know, attending together. And then they ended up pulling me aside and saying, hey, can we talk? I want to talk about what happened. So to me, that was a really good sign because they've never done that with me before. They've always kind of avoided, you know, talking about what the problem was. There have been on and off times where we've talked and haven't talked, but each time that they've approached me, they always act like nothing has happened. So this was a really good sign of them acknowledging, you know, something had happened and saying, hey, let's talk about it. So I was very open, the fact that they had acknowledged that. So I said, okay, let's talk about it. Let's sit down, let's find somewhere private. And then they ended up basically just giving me the floor first, which was also surprising. They had never done that. They had never let me like have the floor at all to talk about how I was feeling. So I explained the situation, you know, I explained my expectations that if you're feeling upset with something, you know, like don't come and lash out. You need to also be able to hear out like my side and I'll also give you the floor to tell your side too. So we were able to do that. And then she did actually acknowledge, you know, what they had done wrong. Like they acknowledged basically everything that they had ever done to me, which was very, very surprising. They apologized. And to me, it was very genuine in the way that they were doing it. I think they have been having a difficult time. Um, and they did get into a little bit of what's been going on personally for them. And I can see it. But at the same time, you know, like I told them, I understand that things are difficult for you. And like, I'm here for you. But at the same time, you know, I'm still unsure about you. So I was very honest moving forward. I said, you know, I'm not counting things out, but I'm also not counting things in with you because I have seen such a long pattern of you treating people horribly around me that you know, like, I'll be open to, to seeing things work out where things can go. But at the same time, like, I don't want to 100% let you in. We'll see, like, we'll see if there's a pattern. And that's kind of where we stand right now. So we're in a good place. But at the same time, I've set those boundaries. And I've made it very clear that, you know, I'm not going out of my way to be close with you. I'm going to sit back, I'm going to watch and see, you know, how you treat other people as well. And I think that's really important when you're setting boundaries is to really like use your voice and speak up. If someone is treating you really, really shitty, um, just don't let them gaslight you. And it's really hard again, to not feel like it's not your fault or that it is your fault, but you have to really be able to be confident enough to speak up against someone and also set those boundaries of just cutting communication with them too. Definitely. And I think that like, when we talk about boundaries, boundaries are really hard, but they're so important. Like, I think I'm the boundary queen now where like, if you do something to upset me, you will know that you upset me and you will know what my boundary is. Like, I have some pretty dark humor. I am pretty sarcastic. I can take a lot of shit. Like, I have some friends who like their sense of humor is just like ripping you apart with jokes. And like, I can handle that for the most part, as long as I'm like in a good place mentally. Um, and I can like go back and forth and kind of like rip on each other and whatever, um, like have that banter. But at the same time, there's certain things I don't want to joke about. There's certain things I don't want to talk about. And there's certain expectations I have in, in my relationships. So in my relationships, like my friendships, my romantic relationships, whatever, I have a lot of expectations. And Paula will be the first one to tell you 
that my expectations are very, very high. Um, and that's something that me and Paulo had to work out for a while because he, at the beginning, I don't think he would care if I said this, but at the beginning, he felt like my expectations were almost too high. Whereas I felt like they were high because I had been treated like shit for so long that now I'm expecting princess treatment basically, which he does treat me like a princess. So that's good. But, um, even in my friendships, like I expect you to check in on me just as I check in on you. I expect you to kind of extend invitations to me whenever applicable or like whenever it's appropriate if we're that close. Like I expect you if you're going to make plans with everybody in the office and I'm the only one not included and you talk about it in front of me, I expect that you're going to invite me and not just say, sorry, you can't come. So when that happened, I was like, okay, this is the boundary that I have. Like, that's not okay. And the person never responded. So that was the end of that. Um, but you know what? Sometimes when we set boundaries, we can kind of feel like we are being a bitch or that we are being angry or, you know, we are just overreacting or something like that, any of those feelings. And it can feel like that, but I can promise you as long as you're setting boundaries in an appropriate way, which means like you're not putting the blame on them, but you're kind of saying like, I won't tolerate that anymore um, in a respectful way. There's nothing wrong with that. And we like men do that all the time. And we don't think that men are assholes for doing that, right? We think men are just being assertive, but somehow when women are assertive, it's like, oh, that girl's being a bitch. No, you're just being assertive. And that's what people said to me the other day when I had sent that email. Um, a couple of our coworkers, I was like, you know what? I kind of sound like a bitch in that email. And our one coworker was like, Jessica, you're just standing up for yourself. Your email was firm and it was assertive and you were not being a bitch. You could tell that you're frustrated, but there's nothing wrong with being frustrated. Um, and I wasn't being disrespectful. I just was standing up for myself, which was good because it kind of got me what I wanted um, and what I felt was right in that situation. So um, if you're wanting to set boundaries and be assertive, like you have to be confident about it. And the more you set boundaries in your life, honestly, the better you will feel because the more confident you become, basically, when you set boundaries, you become a lot more confident. I will say I'm a lot more confident than I was before because now it's like when you hurt me, I tell you. Like when you do something that upsets me, I tell you and I tell you like, this is what I'd like to see next time. Like with Paulo, um, it's like, okay, you said this and it hurt my feelings. Maybe next time we could approach it this way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's really healthy instead of just shoving everything under the rug, instead of just like blowing up and saying like, you know, you're this, you're that, you're a bitch, you're toxic, you're evil, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. Um, just have a fucking conversation about your feelings. And as a friend, if a friend comes to you and says, hey, when you said this, it made me feel like this. It made me kind of sad. It made me feel kind of invalidated. It made me whatever. As a friend, you have to immediately drop your initial reaction to like defend yourself and you have to validate your friend or your partner or whoever. And I tell Paula this all the time. If I come to you and I say, when you told me my hair looked dumb. He's never said that to me, but just as an example, when you told me you didn't like my hair, it made me feel really insecure. So like, how can we handle this better next time? As the partner, it's literally Paulo's job as my partner or as my friend or as whoever to drop their initial reaction to defend themselves and say, instead of saying like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. You need to say, I am so sorry that, you know, you 
you kind of were hurt by what I said because I totally didn't mean it, but I can understand why you would have felt kind of insecure about that comment. How can I, you know, how can I express my feelings next time without making you feel insecure? That is a good way to respond. And then after everybody feels calm, then you can say, you know, the way you reacted kind of made me feel like this. And then you kind of go back and forth. Um, and I don't know if that's just the way that I like to handle things, but you know, I don't feel like it's appropriate if someone comes to you setting a boundary or expressing their feelings. I don't think it's appropriate for you to defend yourself. And maybe that's just me, but I don't like it. It makes me immediately angry and immediately I don't want to be friends with you anymore because I'm like, okay, my feelings are not safe with you is how it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It's honestly, it is very triggering to have people get defensive when you're trying to get feelings off your chest, especially when you're like, you know, you're pissed off. You might be seeing red. You're like in the moment, but you're like trying your best. You're keeping your cool. And then like they go ahead and say something like, well, like, that wasn't my intention. Sorry, you took it the wrong way. And honestly, I don't know if it's the same with you, Jess, but, like, the minute I hear that, because, like, I'm trying so hard to keep my cool, if I hear, like, a comment like that, I snap. I snap, and yeah. then I'm going to take space um, because it pisses me off, too. And I don't think you're wrong in that sense at all. I think that goes for probably, like, a lot of our listeners, too. People have probably felt that. And I think that just goes with people having like way too big of an ego sometimes where they literally just cannot like put themselves in someone's shoes. They cannot empathize. They have to be right. And the thing is that when, when you have those conversations, you know, like if you don't agree, that's fine. You don't have to agree, but you also have to be respectful enough to hear someone out and to also validate someone's feelings. Just like how you know, if it was vice versa. So if it was flipped around, you would want the same thing in return as well. So it really has to go both ways. And I love that you mentioned that how it's kind of like, rather, you know, like, let's say I'm pissed off at something that you're doing, for example, um, rather than me just pointing out you did x, y, and z. It's both people saying like, hey, like the other person saying, I'm really sorry, I did this. And then both people for together figuring out like, what can we do to move past this? What can we do? You know, like, what can I do to say it differently next time? Or what can I do to express my feelings, like you said? So I think it's really important to work together, regardless of if it's a friendship, if it's a relationship, if it's a family member, there needs to be both work and both parties in making it work together um, and respecting one another's boundaries as well. And I think with boundaries, they can also be set in a lot of different ways. So whether a boundary looks like taking space. So I know with, uh, in regards to my relationship, a lot of the times we'll take space because we both get very, very heated sometimes. So like, I'll say, you know, like, can we take five minutes and come back and talk about this? Just because especially when you're so emotionally charged, you can really go at someone and say things you don't mean. So taking space is a really great boundary just to kind of like simmer down on those angry feelings, on those upset feelings, and try to kind of recuperate before you go and talk together. Um, I think honestly, even with setting boundaries, just being honest and open with your communication, that's a huge one that we've talked about a lot too in regards to today's episode with, you know, being honest and like confronting someone too. So being open with your boundaries, being open with your feelings. And also like, if need be, just let go and cut someone out. So sometimes that is the best boundary of just 
you know, letting someone go or just not talking to them anymore. If they're not helping you grow or if they're causing you so much stress and so much unhappiness, sometimes the best scenario is to just let them go at the end of the day. Absolutely. And that's just what I was going to say. If someone's treating you like shit, literally cut them out. There is no reason you need to allow someone like that in your life. And I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's friends. I don't care if it's a boyfriend. I have cut out every single category. Like I have cut out family members because they're toxic. I have cut out friends because they're toxic. I've cut out like partners because they're toxic. Partners is a little bit harder for me, but either way, I don't think that anybody should be allowed to be in your life if they are not treating you well, if they're not validating you, if they're not making you feel good about yourself, you should leave a hangout with that person feeling warm and fuzzy, feeling like you are amazing, like feeling just good about yourself. You should like leave any sort of social interaction with your friends, your partner, your family, feeling good about yourself. And if you leave those hangouts, those situations, feeling anything but that, then that's not good. And I don't think that anybody should be allowed to take your energy if they don't deserve it. Like we are giving our, like we are giving people in our lives our energy and our energy is expensive. It means a lot to us. And if you're giving people your energy that don't deserve it, why are you doing that? You don't need to. And I think that like, I know people have the argument of, well, they're family, you know, we've been friends for so long. I can't just cut them out. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I have done it. I just cut somebody, not just, but like in the wintertime, I cut somebody out basically, or we kind of just stopped talking because they called me a bitch in front of all of my friends because they were drunk and they were angry for no reason. That's something I will never tolerate because I have experience in my personal life with people who get too drunk and they say mean things and this person knows that. So for you to completely, and you know what, I empathize that like when people are drunk, they say stupid shit, but that's not an excuse for me. You should know drunk or not. You don't call me a bitch in front of all of my friends. You don't scream at me in front of people for no reason. Like if I did something to you, that's one thing, but I did nothing to this person. They were just drunk and they were angry and I don't like that. And so I just kind of like slowly kind of phased out of that person's life because they never really apologized. And if that person had come to me and said, I'm so sorry, that's a different story, but they never did. So, um, you can cut people out. It doesn't matter if they're family. Um, I didn't speak to my mom for years, like two years, because my mom at one point in her life was was very toxic. She's not so toxic anymore. And I don't care saying that on this podcast because I, I don't think that she would care. I don't know. We just had like not a good relationship for a while. And part of that was me and part of that was her. And I basically said, like, I'm not willing to have a relationship with you anymore until you treat me the way I would like to be treated. And we never, we didn't speak at all for two years um, until I got divorced. And then that kind of like brought us back together in the weirdest way. But um, I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's your partner. I don't care if it's your best friend of 10 years. If they're not treating you well, you don't have to be in a relationship with them. You can give them three chances and then three strikes are out. Like that's kind of how I look at things because at the end of the day, life is so fucking short that like you want to spend the short amount of time you have in this life with people who make you feel good about yourself and anybody who doesn't make you feel good about yourself doesn't deserve a spot in your life. And that is my TED talk. And that is like, that is a hill I will fucking die on because I like, 
And like we were talking about this morning and on this episode too, that person that apologized to me after not speaking to them for a year, we're good now. Like we're literally texting right now and haven't spoke to this person in a year. And now we're, you know, it's like nothing happened because if you apologize to me, we are good. This was a, a true heartfelt, genuine apology. I truly felt like it was genuine. And so in that situation, I'm like, okay, we're good then we're good. If it happens again, okay, whatever. But as long as you genuinely apologize, then we're good. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously I'd like to see the behavior change. Um, but in this situation, it's a little bit different. Like every situation is different, but if someone is like calling you names or they're like talking shit about you behind your back or whatever, you don't tell them secrets anymore. You don't talk to them about your feelings anymore. They get demoted as a friend. If you don't want to cut them out, they become like less high on your list. Like they're not your best friend. They get demoted to like just a friend or an acquaintance even. And that's okay. And we need to get better at setting those boundaries. And we need to stop thinking like, oh, if I cut this person out, like she will be sad. Like who cares? She doesn't care that you're sad when she calls you a a bitch or she, you know, you know, whatever else they say to you. I don't know. I'm going on a rant here, but I just, I'm, I really firmly believe in the art of cutting people out. So, um, my advice always, like when my friends come to me with relationship advice, which they don't anymore. And I wonder why is because I always say, just break up with them. Mm -hmm. The answer is always just leave. Um, and I know that that's, not always applicable and it's not always possible but I truly feel in some situations that is the answer it's like why are you wasting your life with someone who cheats on you why are you wasting your life with someone who treats you like shit friends family partners doesn't matter um because at the end of the day like no one gets to treat you like shit no one gets to be toxic everybody gets a phase in their life with their toxic but you know, either way, I just think that like you can distance yourself from that person because you need to be so confident with yourself that you don't allow people like that into your life. And guess what? Now that I'm confident in myself, I don't have anybody in my life anymore that's toxic. Like all of my friends that I have, my partner, all my relationships with my family now, they are all very healthy. And that's what I kind of strive for. So when you start setting boundaries with people, Either they leave because they don't want to hear your boundaries and they don't want to respect them, which happens all the time, or they adjust their behavior. And you also have to be okay with adjusting your behavior because as much as you are allowed to set your boundaries, your friends and family and partners are also allowed to set their boundaries. And I'm going to be honest, I'm working on that (laughs) because (laughs) Paula will come to me sometimes with things and I'm like, well, no. And I just defend myself and I'm like, but I tell you not to do that. But like, I kind of do that a lot. So that is something I'm working on and I will be open about that. But um, yeah, you just have to be willing to like listen to their feelings as well. It can't just all be about you. But once you get into that habit of like, you know, having those conversations with your friends, like, yes, you and I have those conversations where it's like, well, you kind of did this and it kind of hurt my feelings. And then you apologize. And then you could come to me and say, you did this and hurt my feelings. And then I can apologize and we can just like go back and forth like that. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, like toxic people just don't deserve a spot in your life. And that's that. Yeah, for sure. And like one thing other also like to look out for, I would say is, like maybe someone isn't necessarily being toxic to you, but definitely keep an eye out, you know, for those people who are toxic, maybe not to you, but keep an eye out for how people like, especially if it's a close friend, like family member, you know, how do they treat others around you? Are they also toxic to other people? Like, are they just constantly, you know, talking about their own friend or family members behind their back? Because one thing's about one thing about those kinds of toxic people, the tables will turn. 
So maybe they're not acting that way towards you in that very moment, but chances are that'll likely happen to you and they will do that to you at some point. So definitely look out for that type of toxicity where they may not be treating you shitty in that moment. They might be doing it to someone else, but like I said, tables will turn. They will do it eventually. And um, I do have to say, I think it's complete bullshit when, you know, people use that excuse when it comes to family, just because I've had experience with this, when people say, oh, you know, like, it's family, they're blood related, it's okay, like, that's your sibling. I think that's complete bullshit. Because Mm -hmm. like, you know, being blood related, being family does not excuse someone for treating you like shit, like Jeff said. So definitely also, like, despite your family members trying to get involved, people might be, you know, seeing unsolicited advice or opinions. Tune everyone out, do what you want to do. If that means cutting a family member out, that's okay. That's on you you're your own person, you can make a decision. So try to tune people out. People will try to, especially when it comes to family, people will give their advice when you don't even ask. So really just like try to stay out of it. And if it's one thing I've learned with family, I've really set boundaries in regards to, you know, setting my limits. So I don't go home very often. I try to stay out of drama because like I do have a few family members who may come to me, tell me about drama that's happening. And I'll sit there and listen, but I don't say anything about it because you know what? It's not in my place. It's not my drama. Um, But I do keep an eye out in regards to, you know, just setting my boundaries and limits in regards to what I'm hearing. And then also, you know, just having that connection. I try to keep a little bit of a distance, but yeah, I do think it's complete bullshit like you were talking about where, you know, if it is a close friend or family member, you are entitled to set those boundaries. It doesn't really matter how close someone is for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I've been open and honest about the fact that I'm not super close with my family and for kind of like the reasons that we're talking about today. And um, I'm just not close with them. Like I'm close with my sister-in-law and that's pretty much it. Um, And for a long time, I kind of had a lot of feelings about that where I was like, I wish I had a family that was like tight knit and close and hung out all the time. And like, I wish I, you know, actually spent time with my parents or, you know, they actually reach out and ask me how I'm doing. And for a long time, I was upset about that. And now that I've kind of set boundaries with them, I kind of like feel a little bit better about it. Like it doesn't mean, and we should do a whole episode on this on just like, um, relationships with your family like I don't think that we necessarily have to go into too much detail about it but like I want to normalize like if you don't have a close relationship with your family like that's okay like you might find yourself looking at other people's families and thinking like like I look at Paula's family for example they're very close they're very tight um I love his family very much but it makes me sad because I don't have a family like that like my family barely gets together at Christmas like barely um you know, stuff like that. So I get like sad when I think about that. But at the same time, it's like, it's kind of like that because I've set my boundaries and because every family is different and you kind of, you don't get to really control what family you're given. So, um, I just kind of want to normalize, like it is okay to set boundaries with your family. And sometimes when you have a family, maybe like mine, um, where we're not super close, there's a little bit of toxicity, a little bit of issues there. Um, like 
setting boundaries is the best way that you can keep yourself safe from that. Like I like to say I kind of like broke the cycle of some certain behaviors in my family because I'm not really toxic anymore. Um, I go to therapy. I work on myself. I'm pretty good at communicating. I'm pretty empathetic. Like I, I'm pretty solid. I like to say now. Um, and I think that that's why my family and I aren't super close because I just like, we don't really have much in common anymore. Um, and once you start setting those boundaries, it kind of gets easier. Like, it's just like, I don't know how to explain it. Like my parents know my boundaries, so they don't really like cross them very much anymore. And as much as that makes me kind of sad that we don't have a close relationship, it makes me feel better because I'm no longer anxious. I'm no longer stressed. I'm no longer having fights with my parents. Like it's just, we kind of mutually respect each other's boundaries and we kind of just accept the relationship for what it is. Like we will never be close. And it's just kind of accepting that for what it is, I guess. So, and that's kind of the same with friendships. Like sometimes, um, I don't know if anybody listens to Tink's um, a couple people when I started this podcast, I asked what podcast they listened to and a couple people did say Tinks. So she has a theory. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a friendship theory where if like every friend, it was fatal flaw theory. Every friend has a fatal flaw. So my, I, I have several fatal flaws, but my one fatal flaw is I will cut people out and I will distance myself. And that really upsets some people. So if you can't handle that as my fatal flaw, then we just can't be friends. Um, but if you decide that you can handle that as my fatal flaw, then you can't bring it up. Like you can't, you don't, you can't get really upset about it and bring it up because you have decided that you are okay with that, right? Like some people, um, I'm trying to think about my other friends that have fatal flaws. Like um, my one friend's fatal flaw is just controlling everything. And so as much as it annoys me, I had to take a second and be like, okay, does it annoy me so much that I can't be friends with her? No. Okay, so I just have to accept it. But sometimes, like a fatal flaw with the person we're talking about today is just kind of treating me like shit and talking shit about me behind my back. And that was a fatal flaw I could not handle. So what happened? I demoted her. She, we're no longer friends. Um, and that's okay. Like you just have to really see people for who they are and kind of like be critical in like to yourself. Obviously, don't be critical to other people, but say, is this a behavior I really want to tolerate? If the answer is no, then you need to just kind of distance yourself a bit and demote them. They don't need to be your best friend, but you also just, you know, you don't have to completely cut them out, but they have a place and maybe it's just not a place in your like top 10 best friends. Mm-hmm. And definitely, I feel you on that where like you might feel sad at first. I like completely understand what you mean. Like, it's almost like it hurts your heart. Like, but when it first happened and even like after it's happened, you know, you feel okay about it, but then you're kind of like, oh, like I miss this person. Like, should I reach out to them? And if you're having those thoughts, like think back before you reach out to them, just like think back, was I happy being friends with them? Was I happy, you know, like if they were a family member or like a close friend, was I happy? Were they helping me grow? Or was I just feeling shitty around them? before you reach out and then like kind of reevaluate because it could be really hard, you know, for us to think that and like keep our boundaries when we feel sad. Cause a lot of, I don't know if you find the same, but when I feel sad, I tend to lower my guard. Um, and I kind of forget about my boundaries and then I'll like reach out to that person. And then it's kind of like the same, same toxic cycle where you're like, Oh, I was right. Like I shouldn't have done this. I should have just, you know, gone with my gut. And then it's, it continues on and on and on. Oh, 100%. And that's why I was saying I'm so thankful that now I feel so confident and secure in myself that I don't 
I don't need to do that anymore, which is good, but I do have that habit. You know, when I feel like I don't have any friends, which happens sometimes, like sometimes friends move or they just get new jobs, like work friends get new jobs and then the relationship changes, right? It just happens, like life happens. And sometimes I can find myself being like, oh my God, I have no friends. So then I start reaching out to the people that I distance myself from for specific reasons. And then it's just the same cycle. So I'm trying really hard to not do that. Again, like I've said in like the past three episodes, all of my friends right now are like the best friends, like absolutely amazing people who I really value in my life. And Paulo is one of them. Um, And so I feel very confident in where I'm at right now. But I also just want to give an example of a time where I set a boundary and it actually worked out for me. Um, And I'm not, again, not going to go into too much detail, but I basically kind of had this confrontation with someone a couple of months ago where they had said something that kind of hurt me and I had already been feeling a certain type of way for like a month or so, but I didn't say anything because I was, I like to sit back and like really process my thoughts and my feelings before I say something to somebody. So I know I'm not reacting in the moment. Um, And so when this person made a comment to me, it made me really upset, but then I was like, okay, this is the right time to actually set a boundary. And so what I basically had said was, Hey, when you kind of said this, like that kind of is really hurtful and it really hurt my feelings because I feel like I'm trying my best here and I'm, you know, doing my best to make it work, um, without going into too much detail and giving it away. But, um, at the end of the day, like, I don't want to be spoken to like that. I don't want to be treated like that. And I really value our relationship. I value the situation that we're in. Um, and so how can we kind of like work through this together person apologized and kind of said you know we really i appreciate you blah 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 and we've been good ever since and so that is an example of like hey this hurt me like the other person was very hurt by something that i had said and done too in like a different kind of way but we both acknowledged like yeah i'm sorry i fucked up i can be harsh i can be rude i can come across as strong sometimes i'm so sorry we appreciate you we love you and let's move on And we have moved on and it actually brought us closer. And I don't know if the person is listening and I don't know if they're going to know that I'm talking about them. Um, But I appreciate the shit out of that. I really appreciate and value people who you can set a boundary with and you can express your feelings to and they acknowledge it and they validate it because there's nothing better than like when you're anxious about how someone's going to respond to something like that. And they respond with, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can totally see how you would feel that way. How can we work through this? There is no better feeling. It's better than sex. I'll yeah. be honest. It's better than sex. Agreed. <laughs> Honestly, I love like interactions like that. Um, and I love that you've had those positive interactions because I know like we've talked about, you know, like shitty interactions that we both had. So I think that's really great, like having those positive interactions. Because like again, we're not having this episode to say that like everyone is shitty, everyone has red flags. That's not the case. There are people out there who have like green flags, you know, There's, mm-hmm. and maybe we can have like an episode about like what green flags look like. But um, I think there are people out there who will give you that respect, who will give you what you need. Um, maybe the process will be kind of like a little bit bumpy along the way, but there are people that exist out there. So it's really up to you, like just said, to have that confidence, like evaluate your needs, evaluate how you want to be treated and cut the people who don't give you that it's like I know it sounds obviously simple but it is a lot harder like set to do it's a lot easier said than done but I think it's super important to like recognize what do you want in a friend what do you want 
in regards to a relationship in general, whether that's a partner, whether it's a friendship, whether, you know, it's a family member or anyone in general, um, just evaluate what you need and want in terms of that relationship and how you would like to be treated. And if they're not going to treat you that way, like, don't let that slide. Have that confidence to just walk away. Like, you don't have to keep that person hanging on. You're not obligated. You're not, you know, handcuffed to them. So um, really embrace that art of letting go, letting that person go for sure. Yeah. And absolutely. I think that everybody has red flags, right? Like everybody has toxic behaviors. I would be lying if I said I didn't have toxic traits. I do have toxic traits. I am not perfect. Um, I honestly can't think of anything like offhand other than like I cut people out like they mean nothing to me and that is very toxic. And I'm just going to be open about the fact that I can be toxic. I can be a lot. I can be like when I am sad or when I have a lot of feelings, I can put that onto my friends and I can be a lot. And my friends listening who have been there for me through like depression episodes, they know like... um, I think I was telling you this morning, yeah, like when that person we were talking about earlier and I were friends, like I was crying daily. Like I was sad. We were FaceTiming regularly. We were hanging out regularly and I would cry like almost every day. So I can understand why, you know, people didn't want to be friends with me back then. But now I'm like, I'm pretty solid. But there are times where like when I am sad, I talk about it a lot. I like to process my feelings verbally. And even last night, like after that situation happened to me where I saw that person and they apologized. Paulo and I were talking on the phone for like an hour. I'm like, is this annoying? He's like, no, because I'm just like processing the feelings. I'm like, I can't believe that happened. And like, these are all the thoughts that I have about the situation. And thankfully, Paulo loves to listen to me, I hope. Um, But that can be annoying. And I, yeah, I don't know. I'm also just not very empathetic lately. And I think that that's a toxic behavior because I want to normalize that. Like we're sitting here talking about other people, but also like we are also toxic in our own ways. Like I, like we would be lying if we said we didn't have our own red flags or our own toxic behaviors. But I would really encourage like my friends, like, yes, I would encourage you to look at my toxic behaviors and say, are those things that I can handle? I would assume that you can because we're so friends. Um, but like, it's okay to look at your friends and to say, these are their toxic traits. Can I handle them? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then you're not allowed to like be super angry and resent them for that because you made that conscious decision to be friends with them regardless of that you can be annoyed by it for sure um but you don't have the right to like resent them for it and hold it against them because that's just kind of how they are and if they're working on it like i'm working on it i'm trying not to cut people out i'm trying not to put too much onto other people um then that's all you can really ask so as long as they respect your boundaries as long as they respect your feelings and they empathize with you and they're there for you when you need them that's kind of what really matters and they're not treating you like shit yeah absolutely you know now that I'm thinking about it it's so interesting because I never like I know I also have a lot of toxic traits but like you don't often just like take the time to like sit down and think about like what's my most toxic trait or traits and I feel like mine is definitely like intrusive thoughts So even in general too, so like in regards to relationships with me, like I have so many intrusive thoughts of just like, you know, like, and I I hold myself back from saying them because I know that they're intrusive thoughts. Like, again, me working on that is just like me trying to ignore it and just like not saying every single intrusive thoughts of like saying like, oh, like, are they ignoring me? Like, did I say something shitty? Should I like confront them? Like, usually that's intrusive thoughts. So like, I don't say it. 
um, which I think I have been working on very, very well. In general, too, I found like aside kind of irrelevant, but like aside from relationships and friendships, like this happens to me, I don't know if the same thing happens to you, but this happens to me on like a daily basis, where I get these like messed up intrusive thoughts of like, if I'm cooking something on the stove, it's like, put your hand on the stove. Or, like, <laughs> yes. like, I don't know, like close close the door on your finger like it's just like really fucked up intrusive thoughts and then obviously you're not gonna do it or I would hope not if someone out there is like also listening and they have them too but I think especially when it comes to you know relationships and friendships you might get those intrusive thoughts um and just you gotta learn to like ignore them sometimes and yeah I think that's definitely if I had to say that's probably one of my biggest uh, toxic trait in relationships is probably intrusive thoughts for sure. Yeah, I have intrusive thoughts, not in relationships, but like I'll be driving down the road or driving down the highway. I'm like, what if I just crash my car into a building? Like, <laughs> like, why does that happen? I'll be like, what if I just hit this person? I never would, but like, I hope that other people have those thoughts too, because I feel really fucked up when that happens to me. I'm like, I don't want to kill people, but like, why am I thinking about hitting them with my car? I'm like, is it going to feel like GTA? Like, I don't know. Um, I never would. (laughs) Pardon? I'm so glad that you have them too. Oh yeah. Or I'm like, yeah, what would happen if I just like jumped? Like when we were in Detroit, I'm like, what would happen if I just jumped off this building? I never would. I'm not suicidal. It's just like a completely intrusive thought where I'm like, what would happen? Like, what if I just did it? Is life even real? That's the question I have lately. Is life even real? So if I jumped off this building, would I really die or am I real? Like, I don't know. And, uh, that's kind of the intrusive thoughts that I have. Last night, I remember I was completely dissociating when we were at dinner because I was thinking, I was just staring at the wall and I was thinking, is life real? Like what happens when you die? Like I'm here out with my friends and I'm drinking, I'm having a good time, but like, what is life? Like, I don't even know if I'm real right now. How do I know if I'm real? And and then we were like on the, um, it's hard to explain there's like a garage door and it just like opens right to the street and where I was sitting it opens right to the street like I could just like walk right out and there were cars driving I'm like I could find out if I'm real by just like jumping in front of a car I'm like no Jessica that's pretty fucked up and then I joined rejoined the conversation so if I'm ever sitting there like quiet it's because I'm thinking about weird shit like that (laughs) I feel like we need to do oh my god we definitely need to do an episode on just like life or even like theories about life because there's so many I don't know if you're very big into like conspiracies or just life stuff in general but I feel like I've gone into so many bad not bad but like so many wormholes especially when it comes to the simulation theory and I won't get like into it today because like we're not gonna have time and it's crazy um but just just look it up after we're done this podcast look up the simulation theory it's fucked up because you're gonna get into a hole with it because it's like when you start like once you start thinking about it you just can't stop I think about it every day like it's crazy Um I also think about it every day because I have looked it up and I have to stop myself from that kind of stuff because truly I will spiral. I will spiral so bad that I have panic attacks thinking like, what happens when I die? I don't know what happens. Is it going to be like space? Am I just going to sit there in nothingness? Like what the fuck happens? And then I spiral for days and then it's like just not good. Then I get depressed and then I get anxious. So I have to like keep things very light and fluffy in my life. Um, But every now and then I go down the rabbit hole. So we can do a whole episode on that when I'm in a very good place. Um, but yeah, I guess that like kind of brings us to the end of our episode, unless you have anything else. Yes. 
No, I think, you know, we covered all the bases and I think like, despite we didn't have an outline, I think, you know, we talked about a lot of important things of, you know, what toxicity looks like in all the different ways, what setting good boundaries looks like too. And um, how to really be confident enough to set those boundaries too. So unless you have anything either, I don't have anything on my end. Nope, that's all. So go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at me, my thoughts and I, um, or no, that's not the, that's not the name. Go follow us on Instagram um, at my thoughts and I podcast and on TikTok, same username and leave us a review. If you're listening on Apple, you can actually write a review. If you're listening on Spotify, you can just give us five stars. And um, we really appreciate your messages as we say every time. Um, it's very weird to me that like people know about this podcast and people like talk to us, like all of our coworkers listen to this podcast. And like, it just makes me happy when people are like, oh, I listened. Or like yesterday, three people were like, I need to catch up on your podcast. I'm like, that makes me so happy because I feel like we have a lot of valuable things to say. And we have a lot of really cool guests coming on too, like a therapist, a naturopath, like lots of really cool people. Um, And so, yeah. Go follow us, give us a review, send us a message, share your stories with us because we love to share them. And uh, on that note, see you later. Amazing. See you later, folks. Don't forget to send like love to yourselves too. It can be hard. Love yourselves. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.